0: So, welcome to uh, the Deke Snipe, Sully podcast. We got a special guest episode for you today. Um, but before we get into that, I got to do a shout out to our gracious sponsor, um, PHG Sports out of uh, out of Ontario. Uh, you know them best from uh, from the Costco warehouse, uh, basically roadshow that that they're a part of. Uh, they've also got uh, got a, got a store in Ontario that they're they're running on regular yeah i believe in whitby if i'm not mistaken but in any case they got a, a store that they're they're open hours and uh check them out on phgsports.com you'll see that running across to the, the uh the bottom of your screen there so make sure to check out phgsports.com if you want uh if you want the the, uh, the best in memorabilia go where the pro sign and that's phgSports. so thank you guys again for uh for supporting uh for supporting the dsc podcast and uh, we've got a special guest about to pop on I'm not going to tell you too much. One of the greatest officials of all time. Uh, one of the greatest to ever lace them up, uh, Mr. Paul Dvorsky. But until uh, until we roll those uh, that intro, that's all you're going to get. So titter-tatter, let's get at her. So, folks, uh, we've got a we got a special guest today. It's a special guest episode of the Deke Silly podcast. Uh, we've got uh, one of the native sons of Guelph, Ontario. Uh, now lives stateside. Unfortunately, no one's perfect. That's okay. Uh, he's refereed internationally uh, in 2006 and 2010 at the Olympic Games. I believe and we'll talk about that a little bit later but I believe we even uh, refereed the gold medal game in 2006 Finland Sweden we'll talk about that uh, veteran of uh, 97 Stanley Cup playoff games as a referee and 1500, 1594 NHL games spanning a 26 year career uh, one of the greatest referees to ever ref sport number 10 Mr. Paul Dvorsky welcome to the show Paul.
1: hey how you doing guys thank you great. for having me
0: in Pennsylvania currently.
1: Uh, Hershey, where they make the chocolate.
2: Oh, nice. Hershey bears is what I remember.
1: Yeah. You should see the people that are here for like, we have a big Hershey park here. Yeah. Amusement park. And we get people all over New York, Maryland, New Jersey.
2: Actually, it's funny. I had somebody tell me about that. And she's from Philadelphia. She said the Hershey, like going into Hershey, she told me the things to do if you ever make it down there. And that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We live about, uh, Four streets off the main main street here in Hershey, but it's a small town, so
0: yeah. We're all avid Leafs fans, unfortunately. I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> for you, but we all grew up Leafs fans. That's how we know each other. So uh, yeah, we uh, we're, we're diehards and uh, and uh, and disappointed ones at that. Yeah, it's not but, bad for Paul. It's bad yeah. for us. Yeah, fair. Well,
1: it I grew up in Guelph, Ontario, which was about an hour from the Toronto okay. Arena yeah. downtown. Yeah.
0: So you're familiar with the passion <laughs> and the yeah. disappointment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is a Newfoundland based podcast. And uh, we always like to uh, open up with that because uh, it seems like all of our guests have a connection or a toy or something. They've been here. They know someone from here. They played with someone from here. Uh, any connections to the island, Paul?
1: Oh, my God. I had such a great time when I was in Newfoundland, you no. know, in the, the American League nice yeah oh yeah back it, in the may uh, days it was unbelievable and yeah. uh <laughs> i met some i met some girl and i think she thought i was taking her off the island <laughs> after the, after the <laughs> playoffs but
3: that was the yeah. last time i saw her so
2: <laughs> was nice of you to leave her for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you
3: make did you make it the george street oh yes i did yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that yeah, that old memorial stadium was uh, good times yeah, that was a real heart and soul
1: oh all the players just love going to newfoundland too yeah. you know like i mean you're going on a road trip and hey we're going to newfoundland hey we're gonna have fun
0: yeah. yeah Oh, definitely it's got its own little charm no we've <laughs> uh, we've we've lost a lot of women over the years i mean the st john's maple leafs era was hard on the population of women in newfoundland players would come in they'd scoop them up and uh i didn't realize referees were in on that, that 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 uh mass mass exodus of ladies as well but there, there you go you learn something new every day
1: back then we were all in the bar together
0: <laughs> yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Anyway.
1: Lose, we were in there
0: yeah, absolutely awesome times i i was just breaking into the uh to the bar scene downtown myself when uh right before right before the uh the AHL pulled out the first time and uh great memories of going down there and, and running into you know future NHL players and and, and whatnot it was you know everyone and I and gained a lot of respect for the way hockey players are off the ice too I mean the boys are the boys are animals on the ice but th- I mean the guys are truly good for the most part truly good gentlemen like they're just casual the guys like everyone else you know they're not they don't they don't yeah. act like celebrities that you would typically expect from professional no, athletes you so. know
1: what and and they're all they're all pretty good. Like, they all say hi, you know, yeah. they recognize you, they say hi, and how's it going, and all the coaches are good, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good group of people. Yeah, we, we've been blessed with a lot of great hockey over the years, between 20 years of, of AHL hockey, between Toronto and, and uh, or, well, St. John's, maybe at least when they were here, and then the Ice Caps for a few years there, uh, not so long ago. And now uh, recently with the ECHL, we've, we've had our first – uh first championship uh for the ireland which was a big deal when the growlers brought home the kelly cup so now we've been blessed with a lot of good hockey over the years and something that uh, that uh, we're, we're very proud to be a small part of in the grand scheme of things yeah so, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of great names pass through pass through st john's and, and yours is certainly one of them but uh but yeah we want to get you on paul You've been like again i grew up i grew up watching the games. I mean, that's, that's where I fell in love with hockey was 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 your era when you were when you were uh, reffing in the uh, in the '90s. Basically, that was my yeah. that was my bag. That's when I really fell in love with the sport. And uh, and I've just seen I've seen some like video clips and pictures of yourself and uh, great moments, just great and and pictured with great players. You know, the, like Curtis Joseph, Matt Sundin; those are the guys I grew up rooting for. And I always see you rubbing shoulders with those guys in, in the pictures. And I'm just curious. Do you have any, any, is there any memories that stick out player interactions between whistles, different little stories that, you know, you could tell that, uh, that are worth, <laughs> worth an ear? Uh,
1: uh, you know what? I had a real good rapport with yeah. the players and the coaches, yeah. you know, and I just, I remember one night back in the day when Mario was playing. We didn't call any. Pen, we didn't call many penalties back then. No, no. You know, like today's standard. Mm-hmm. And poor Mario would be getting hooked and folded, and and I remember him coming down, getting hooked down, and he looked over at me across the, the red line and saw my arm wasn't going up, and he just threw his stick. Wow. Along, the, along the ice, and I kept skating, and it went right behind me. And my linesman that night was Leon Stickle If you guys remember him, yep. yep. He came. He came. Sk- he says, "Debo, you didn't see that. You didn't see that." <laughs> he says, "You're not throwing Maryland, you <laughs> are." I says, "Okay." And then yeah. he kept playing on, and you know. And to this day, I have a great rapport with Mario. Excellent. Mario, when I see him in Pittsburgh and that, yeah, it, it, it's good. But-
3: well, I can recall, like, Mario, I, I think he's probably where this whole obstruction hooking and the, the whole idea of an obstruction penalty. I remember in the mid-90s when he was quite vocal in the media and talking about the hooking and, how, and all that going through tr- the neutral zone. And I, I don't know. You, you would know the penalties this is the early 90s, but – I had never heard of obstruction it was either hooking or tripping or anything like this and it seems like he changed that part of the game and he was a big boy so you can only imagine well, mm-hmm. And and the game is so fast now yeah
1: like, can you imagine Mario out there now with nobody oh, yeah. clutching and grabbing how many points the guy would have yeah. had it
2: would be insane huge yeah okay?
1: yeah,
2: yeah it would be, be so insane.
1: good and I, I, there's another story i remember uh Todd Richards was coaching, I I believe it was Tampa Bay. I'm not sure. And I put my arm up one night to call a penalty. And as I put an arm up, I'm going, oh my God, this is a horseshit penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. So I blow the whistle, put the guy in the box. I skate over, and I'm standing in front of the bench. I said, Toddy, I "I just got to tell you, that's the worst penalty I've ever freaking called in my life. (laughs) He says, okay, Devo, thanks for being honest, you know. So I turn around and put my hands on my knees, ready for the face off. And all I hear in from behind me, okay, guys, let's kill this one off for Devo. Todd Richards, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but that's oh,
3: really good. I lost. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's good though.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. How are the that's how are nice. the fans how are the fans treating you off the ice? Like, yeah, are people getting crazy all the time.
3: Uh,
1: not so much. I mean, <laughs> I did my last game in Philly and. Like they're tough fans. Oh, definitely. Brady you know, is real. Yeah. And they were gonna do uh, put something up on the jumbotron in the middle in the first period sometime, and the first four penalties I called were against Philly. So all of a sudden, you hear the ref, "You suck." <laughs> <laughs> it's getting loud and loud, yeah, yeah. So he calls me. The guy calls me over at the commercial time He says, Hey, uh, Devo, we're gonna hold off,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want everybody bowing.
1: Him, I said, Okay, fine. Yeah. Said, so, anyways, they did it in the third, and I'll tell you what, I got a Great big standing ovation from the fans. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they get mad, but they're good fans.
3: You know, yeah.
2: and from so, what I remember, I mean, you never, you never had that I reputation. Wanted either.
3: to do it. Yeah. Was was there something about? I think it was the '80s. When did it change? Where refs got rid of the name on the back of their jerseys? And did that have anything to do with it? Like, I can't recall it in the. If they had, did you have your name ever on the back of your jersey?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a few jerseys at home here with my name on it. But
3: that was there any was... reason why he got rid of that? Was it because of fans, or?
1: I, I don't know whether they wanted to take the referees out of the limelight, you yeah. know, and so they wouldn't be recognized as much. Um, so, oh, but yeah. I mean, it didn't matter to us guys. Like, uh, we no. just, uh, you guys, you know, I was number 10, and. <laughs> Anybody no. watch hockey knew who number 10 was,
0: exactly. Right. Yeah, we, exactly. we grew up at a time when, when the referees had hockey cards as well. I mean, I still got my yeah. Paul Dvorsky Pro Set 93 card, I'm pretty sure, into binder <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> the no, I do too.
3: Yeah, so
1: I have, yeah, I have a card too. With when I'm taking a picture, and it's with that Dvorsky on the back, and I had, I had no helmet on either, so
0: yeah, no. So you, you switched to the helmet. I think I read somewhere it was like 2005 or 2006 season or somewhere along the way. Was there anything particularly that 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 that, that pushed you in that direction? That was there any you know? Did you see some kind uh, of? These kinda... It wasn't
1: our us guys. I think it was the league oh, okay. per se, and because yeah. they weren't letting any players on the ice mm. with the helm without helmets. So and mm-hmm. they said, you know what, just for. <clears throat> You know yeah. to cover our ass we you guys better wear a helmet so. that's right yeah
2: it's gonna head there anyway right it's eventually gonna end up that way oh
0: yeah 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 it's such a focus on head injuries in the last couple of years we, we've we've talked a lot about it on this podcast concussions and everything else and i mean there's no it's no big shock that they're trying to get as far away from that as possible but anyway uh back to the career so you, you to put it in perspective for the young crowd who watch our podcast we do have a few young fans um, Paul's first game was in Hartford against with the Hartford Whalers <laughs> for, for those of you who remember the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> yeah. That was Paul's first game in the league. Uh, what do you remember from that night, Paul? I mean, you, you, you're, you're called up and uh, it's the show, it's all the pressure, you know.
1: Well, I remember I I flew my dad down. Uh, we, I was still living in Guelph and him and I flew down together from Hartford. He was a referee in the OHA mm-hmm. for 35 years, doing junior A and senior A. And he wanted to come down. And I did the game. It was a one man with Kevin Collins and Brian Murphy. And I just remember, you know, going on the ice and Joel Flanbow was playing defense. Oh, uh, wow. Coach Q. He played yeah. here.
2: Yeah. And um, yeah,
1: Joel Quindle and Kay Whitmore was one of the goalies for Hartford. And who was it else? Brad Tippett or something. Yeah. He was playing for the team too. And I just, you know, I remember that to this day because these guys became coaches and Kay works for the NHL hockey ops and yeah. You know, I just I have a great relationship with those guys, you know, just
2: yeah, totally. that's great.
1: Yeah. Joel Quenbo is just like he would give it, he would give it to you hard as a coach. Yeah. Really hard. And you know what? You give it back. And then you'd come out of the start of third period and you look at it and he'd say, Are we cool?
0: <laughs> yeah, sounds like I, it. We're,
1: I said we're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> good
2: yeah
3: it's all a job
2: yeah yeah he was i think he was a the assistant coach player with the leafs here was he not he was yep. yeah assistant coach and playing same time yeah
3: that first year here yeah yeah I mean, was a weird yeah.
2: situation yeah. it is yeah you don't see that much anymore
0: no any any, any coaches that were particularly hurt not i should it's hard to get along with they're all they're all gentlemen at the end of the day but it was their god you're like ah. Oh, Damn it, I got I got the I got okay. to officiate this game tonight and he's behind the bench. Bob
1: yeah. <laughs> Bob Hartley was a pain in the ass. Oh yeah.
0: I could absolutely see
1: Colorado. That. But yeah. Just bitching and chewing and and he he knew me because he coached in Hershey mm-hmm. and he knew I lived in this area. You know, and he I guess, I don't know if he was looking for a break or what, because we were in the same city together, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Bob, he was a pain, big pain. And oh, yeah. Me and Mark Crawford, we, we kind of went at it pretty good. Oh, yeah. He was, when he was coaching Colorado, because I think you remember that game in Detroit. Oh, uh, against Colorado, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was uh, the- Detroit in you- Colorado. Remember McCarty? He just jumped. Yeah. 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 Just kicked the shit out of him.
2: Oh, no, he did. Yeah.
1: And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking on the back of my head, I go, this guy's got it coming. Yeah. Like, oh, from what he did to Draper, Draper. Yeah. the game before when he split him wide open. And, yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the picture, but oh, he was. Oh, mad. yeah. 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 And Lemieux just went on and said, oh, it was a good hit. Well, it was total instigator. And, and I got stubborn and I said, I'm not kicking him out. So <laughs> I mean, that's what I, the game needs. I gave Lemieux five for fighting, basically five for receiving. Mm-hmm. And McCarty got five for fighting. Plus a two-minute instigator and a ten-minute misconduct, which should have been the game misconduct. Yeah. But, uh, and guess who wins? Guess who scores the frickin' goal in overtime? Oh. Darren McCarty.
2: Oh, McCarty, yeah, <laughs> just
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I come up the ice, and the uh, GM for Colorado standing at the referee's door.
3: Pierre Lacroix, was it? Yes. Yeah. And he just,
1: just scowling at me. <laughs> I, I say, hey, Pierre, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> Walked right into the room and <laughs> shut the door. Oh, no. Had <laughs> a call from Brian Burke the next day, who was with, he was our boss then, yeah. in the NHL. And he said, Jesus Christ, people. Do you think you can, could have called a couple more pennies?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said, Yeah, I could have barked, rookie, You know, <laughs> he's <said>, all right.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And to this day, they keep showing that game all the time.
2: Oh, my God. I, I watch the highlights. I'm willing to bet once or twice a month. It just pops up on my newsfeed and Facebook, and I, I just, just can't help myself. Mark
1: Crawford standing up on the bench. Like he's back. He's basically up on the boards and he's screaming at me, like, "Why was it wasn't an instigator?" And I, am not giving him one. But that yeah. rivalry,
3: that rivalry lasted for three, four, five years. That was vicious.
1: It
2: was. Yeah. yeah.
3: That was that was 80s hockey. That was oh the closest, the closest the 80s hockey that you would find. Oh yeah. In yeah. this era.
1: And it's funny. I, I was supervising in Detroit last year. And I kind of just found a place. It was during the COVID when there wasn't many fans in there. And so they let me sit in this little, well, what it was, is it was Detroit Alumni's box. Oh yeah. And I'm sitting there just watching the game. And all of a sudden this guy comes up and gives me a hug. And it's Darren McCarty.
2: Oh, no way.
1: Yeah. He's man, I love you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, if I did that today, I'd probably get fired. Oh my you god they did on the ice,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, for what they get looked for, like, you know, you see how much pressure they're under these days, and the scrutiny is just constant. Yeah. So, everyone's <laughs> out for ahead.
3: Was there a two referee system in that uh during that game? No, was, no, no, not yet. Oh. That was
1: all on you, <laughs> Scampanello on the lines. and Dan Shackkti, wow, yeah,
2: it's a handful
0: your your memory is impressive to me. I don't know how like I can't remember the guys I just played softball with tonight, you know what I mean like <laughs> the you, well, you can remember.
1: I mean that's that's one game I remember you could ask me about other games and I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but could. the big
0: ones yeah. yeah any any other games that really stood out in your mind like that though uh Paul anything that that, that you know I don't know maybe fond memories of, of when you look back at your career and you say man what, what an honor to be part of that particular game you know
1: well there's a funny story um i got a, george McPhee and i we played junior together in guelph mm-hmm. yeah. we grew up together we played like all-star peewee midget junior a and then uh-huh. he went on bowling green and then pros and then i went into refereeing and then, you know, we still hook up. I was his best man in his wedding, oh, well. although I didn't make it.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I was trying to get flight from San Jose, and I missed the flight. So Pat Quinn stood in for me at the wedding. <laughs> That's but a good one. <laughs> the funny, funny story with Pat Quinn was he was coaching Toronto one time, and it was Valentine's Day. So I'm just walking around. Day game and I'm thinking Valentine's Day. So I think I'm I'm gonna get Pat Quinn a Valentine's card. That's <laughs> I get him a card, sign it, da da da. And the trainers always come over before the game and see if we need anything. Yeah. So I give him the card and. I skate out before the game and he is just howling. <laughs> and he's, Fuck. he's just, you are nuts, you know? Mm-hmm. So as the game gets going, first five pounds against Toronto. So it's at the end of the second and he calls me over and he says, I thought you were just gonna kiss me when you gave me the card. I didn't know you were gonna smack me up the ass.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the big Irishman! Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Oh. Yeah. And then oh, man.
1: I came out later, and we were laughing about it and that. So it
3: was good. He was the best. Yeah. No, yeah. He it was
0: good. Yeah, R- he really yeah. was.
3: I had drinks with Pat Quinn. He was a, a speaker here in St. John's a number of years ago, get, had the opportunity to bring him to the airport and stories he told me about when he, uh, he was kind of left management in Toronto and John Ferguson Jr. came in and how it was done over an IQ test and all that. Just an amazing man, lots of stories. Yeah.
2: Um, he was and, under, heavily
1: involved in there. Yeah, he was a good man. He gave me shit for not showing, uh, not being there on time at George's wedding. Jesus Christ, you can't even be on time for the wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bat. Yeah. That's awesome. Anybody from your so, playing days or your coach refereing jet days that you still stay in contact with regularly? Do you know guys that you really uh, connected with and, and maintain that connection?
1: When playing or refing? Well, refing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really good friends with. Like Stephen Walkem, Wes McCauley, yeah. Uh, yeah, Derek Amell, you know some of the senior guys. Yeah, we keep in touch, and then
2: that's awesome.
1: And uh, but I'm 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 always seeing these guys because I see them when I'm supervising, right? You yeah. know, so yeah, I saw most of these guys uh, during the playoffs, so that, so that was good.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's and what i gonna ask you actually so if, you could, uh, if you could explain just for the, the sake of our listeners what it is that you're doing now in the supervision position.
1: Well, <clears throat> um, what we're having, we start on the 19th of this month, August, we have a combine in Buffalo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And we're bringing in 90 kids. They're not kids. They're actually all most of them now are all ex hockey players coming out of college or the ECHL or the American League. And they all want to try to get in inter- So that's where we're all getting our new all our prospects now. Well wow. guys we hire are mostly ex hockey players. Oh wow. So you yeah. actually have a combine and like yeah, and there's 90 guys coming up there and we'll probably have Six, seven supervisors there watching, you know, degrade them and we'll find out, you know, who we want. And, but during the season, it's, it's, I'm there to evaluate the game. I usually go to a game where there's a young guy working. Yeah. Cause, yeah. I, I work with all the young guys and, uh, and most of the time it's a young guy working with a senior guy and I go there and then uh, evaluate the game and then go down and talk to them after the game and like sometimes it's not good news
2: mm.
1: you know uh, I remember one night I went down after a playoff game in Philadelphia and it was two senior guys working and I, I just I said holy shit guys I said you missed five penalties tonight. Like I said, flagrant penalties. And you should have seen their heads drop. And like they all thought they were going home. Like, because if you don't perform in the playoffs, you get, come about the end of the round, you go home. Well, they went on because they recouped the next game. And Got better, and but I mean that—that's the only way to approach these guys. Like, yep. you can't sugarcoat it. You got a talent. Like, listen, you really missed that tonight.
2: Mm-hmm, and, yeah.
1: And then, and they—they they have the opportunity to go back in the room and look on their iPad and watch the play, and they go, "No, oh. you know, you'll get an email later and say oh shit, thanks, Stevo. I didn't see that on the ice.'" I says, "Yeah." Yeah, I
2: know you did. Yeah. And I don't know. People say it's just a game, but I mean, how many millions of dollars are pumped into each and every single game? So it's kind of high pressure. Oh. So, you know, like I said, people miss calls and stuff, so Not like a regular job. You just go back and do better tomorrow a lot of the times.
0: Right. Yeah. And that—that's the aspect of refereeing that I've always found fascinating. Is that I don't know what would draw someone to want to be a referee to begin with. It's, like it's like it's got to be one of the most thankless jobs on the planet. Oh yeah, and you're never going to make anybody happy. You know, you know what? Hates you. Never,
1: my dad, like I said, I—I I was at home when I watched my dad leave five nights a week and go pick up two linesmen and drive to Burlington, drive to Oakville, and. uh, That's not for me. So then I played junior. I played four years junior in Guelph. And then two years senior in Durham. Oh, and then one year in Dundas. And then I just had enough. And one day, uh, a reporter puts in the paper. And I never said, he says, Dvorsky hangs up stick to grab a whistle to start officiating. And then somebody called me and I said, oh, I, yeah, I might as well. I guess I will. So <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> I went
1: down to the OHA clinic and tried that. And then I got hired on by the OHL and, and, you know, cause being on the ice, you pick up, you pick up the rules and that real quick. Yeah. It, it's more the positioning and that kind of shit, you know, yeah. that you need to work on. Mm. So and that's how I got into it. And I, like to this day, somebody says, "Like, well, how'd you like your job?" And I says, "Well, it really wasn't a job." And I says, "I was out there having fun,
3: yeah.
1: dating, carrying on with the guys, and just, you know, yeah. it wasn't a job.
3: Well, you if know. you didn't have fun, it would probably be." quite a quite a novel job because a lot of people barking at you and
2: oh my god you didn't oh,
3: yeah eat the positive side that that would be <laughs> who would want to go to work every morning with that happening no well
1: i know they were bar they were bark they used to bark a lot but i was one of the biggest barkers back but yeah
0: that that brings <laughs> me to a question that I've been dying to ask because it's one of those iconic. Mem- I, I don't I don't recall the game, but I've never seen the highlight hundred and fifty times where Tortorella is just giving it to you, just absolutely ripping you a new one. You skate back to the linesman, you're like, "That guy's a fucking asshole." <laughs> I can't read lips that well, but I got that much. So what was what was said or Cole's notes anyway <laughs> in that exchange?
1: I went over to the bench. Cause I had given, I don't know if you remember, but I had given their team two five minute majors yeah. on yes. the clock. So they were down five on three and torts is given yelling, mm-hmm. yelling and he won't stop. So I go over and I'm standing there and he says, you don't have the balls to throw me out Bevo." I says, yeah, I do, Torts. But I says, I want to keep you around so I can watch when your team gets their ass kicked.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So I can look <laughs> in your face. <laughs> that was
1: long, he just walked away. And to this day, Tortor- Tortorella and I are great friends. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. You know, it was, funny. It,
1: was it was during the game, yep. and then after the game, Steve. We're done. You know. Yeah. So
0: I've heard the same thing too. I mean, I, I've been kicking around like I've done prior to the podcast. I used to do a lot of hockey writing, and I got to interview a few people who in in the know, you know, who've met or interacted with Tortorella, and they all say the exact same thing: is that he's hot under the collar in the moment, but one one of the most gentlemanly person you'd ever want okay. to meet. I'd love to meet the guy someday for that reason. Oh my god.
2: Just yeah. an unbelievable guy, you know? He's just as the bench character, right? <laughs> and that's, I absolutely love him. That's all we see of him. So, just Paul, a quick
3: it. question. Not a side note as such, but... So, I, I assume you were a big hockey fan growing up. Uh, and I'm going to make another assumption that you were a fan of the Leafs if you are so close to the to the Toronto area. Is that fact? Or... I'm going somewhere with this, but... That would be correct. Okay, so... <laughs> so like and i and i always found it difficult you hear the bob mckenzie's and the darren draggers of the world bob mckenzie's been pretty vocal on in that in his role with tsn and having to be impartial and not being a fan of a particular game anymore and trying to maintain that impartiality and all those things like how difficult was that like assuming you were a big hockey fan growing up uh did you find that a challenge
1: not not then so much I do find it now though like yeah. now when I turn on and get on you know SN Sports and get on and I listen to all these quotes and you know I listen to what they said about Chris Lee in the Montreal series like he didn't call this he didn't call that well for the you know, half of the plays they showed were dives, you know, was a little shove from behind and you know, it just they really dissect the game. You know, I mean, it's and I don't know where you know, they get their talent from like, how can they do this? Like they've never skated. None of them never been on yeah. the ice, right? Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, they're all good guys, but like, I'll tell you what, like that Canadian media, like it, it just chewed up Chris Lee in the finals, and like that really hurt him.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely something you can take personally. I'm sure
0: because yeah, it's such a high stakes thing, and people get hurt. What is it, Paul? I wonder, like, in your opinion, I mean, this is just, this is a completely subjective question, but like, it seems like officiating in the NHL in particular is under more fire now, I think, than it's ever been when it comes to just, I don't know if it's a social media aspect where everyone's got an opinion or there's 103 cameras where when you were officiating in the late 80s, early 90s, it was three, you know what I mean? Like, is there is there more emphasis hold on because of the amount of information that's out there for people to to get access to Uh,
1: i have no idea like because it's i know our standard we've really our standard is Mm tight like and now this year we're going to implement another you know on cross-checking you know when the defenseman's in front of that and cross-checking like okay you can't do that you can push them but you can't cross check them. So we're going to go over that with our guys. And, uh, but it, it, it's funny. I live down here in the States. I don't hear any of this crap when I listen to sports, you know, Sportsnet or.
0: No. i so say it is disappointing to see the Canadian media react that way about officiating, you know, of all things to, to focusing on during the playoffs. Exactly. You yeah. Know? yeah.
2: Well, they know that controversy makes money, and there's nothing more controversial than the Leafs and Habs. And there's, you know, the media literally owns the team Mm -hmm. and half the Habs. So I mean, and they don't
1: want to. They won't. They don't want to write bad about a player on, you know, in the Toronto game or the Montreal game because you know they won't get access to them or whatever. So what do they find? They find the referees. Well. I mean we've been dealing that for a long time. Yes. You know, but it, it just this year in the playoffs was just nuts up there, you know. It
2: was full on forensic investigations yeah. going on for every single yes. game. It is a lot. It's taken like you need to take a break in the summer then if it's that much all the time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Paul my neighbor is going to love this question because it's kind of the same type of topic around the playoffs. He's a big football fan and in his mind, I'm not a football fan whatsoever. Officiating in the regular season versus the, the postseason, totally the same. Whereas in hockey, the, the whistles tends to be put, put away a little bit more or a whole lot more in the playoffs. Is that, is that real? It, it looks real like stuff that you'd get away with. Um, you get away with a lot more in the playoffs. Suspensions are a lot less for the same thing that you would do. I know it's a short shortened playoff season.
2: And overtime but, as well.
3: Is that a thing? Is that a miss? Is it, like, Where does that come from, putting the whistle away in the playoffs? Uh,
1: I think that's from back in the day, you know, when we let everything go. And, like, in today's game, like, I know, like, if guys didn't call penalties going through the first three rounds, they were yeah. going home and they weren't going to the finals. Mm, right and, and and that's that's good to hear because if i'm there at the game and we have a logger at the game and he's watching the game and i know my boss stevie Wacom's watching a game he's seeing the same thing that the guy missed on the ice and right so yes we we really bring that to light to them like because guys, this is not a different standard than we had April 14th when the season ended. This is the same standard, you know.
2: Yeah, same role.
0: It's yeah. really funny because in the media, a lot of times too, you'll hear, "Who are the referees accountable to? Who are they accountable?" There is your answer. There is there is a system in place of accountability mm-hmm. here. It's not, of course, it's yeah. not just a free for all. And
1: just so you know, there is a supervisor at every playoff game Mm. so for example uh the first round i had washington boston i had the whole series came home for a day and then i went to boston and then boston new york island and then came home and then i went to the island and had the island in tampa or i went to tampa and then when the finals came i I just, I was done, but I was at every game. Mm. So I could see, you know, every official and let the new, the other officials coming in for the next game, give my heads up what happened last game.
2: So if, any chance that a supervisor will ever be involved, like watching from like off the ice, or is it always going to be an on ice thing? Because I've, I don't know, I read something years ago about, about having an official off the ice that can see the whole surface at all times like can you see the game going to that
1: i don't know if you know but during the season when it's a regular season every game in the season there's a ex-referee sitting in the war room in toronto Mm
2: -hmm. yes
1: watching the video and they have access to get on the headset with the referee on the ice so once a month on a regular season, I would be in Toronto for seven nights in the war room, and then I come home and then go back to my regular schedule. So every game that you're watching, every, there's an ex-referee on the headset in Toronto watching the game, mm-hmm. so he can help out on the ice.
2: Will they ever be able to call a play down and like say, no, no, that was a bad high stick for minute, like just?
1: Oh yeah. It well, will be able we, to stop a play. Rules like that, you know, yeah. like uh, when, you know, when they come and say, you know, is it two minute, is it four minute high stick, or is it a major? And they say, you know, it's only a minor. So it, you still have to assess the penalty, even if it was nothing, you have to give the minor, but yeah. you can always reduce well, the just, five yeah. minute down to two or the four minute down to two.
2: I was just wondering, at any point in the game, is that ex-referee supervisor going to be able to like like to interrupt play and say, "No, that guy's got to go to the bench." Like that was a penalty, he missed it. I just don't yeah, know if they'll ever do it. No, I've yeah. read about it. Uh, uh, they have talked about it years ago, and they've been looking at having um, sometimes multiple reps uh-huh. in different corners of the rink to see all angles. But uh, yeah, it's not there yet.
0: To me, when I. But- ideas getting tossed around like logistically i say okay this makes sense but i i think back to again the era when when, when paul would have been refereeing when i was a one referee i mean i know today's nhl is so fast one guy would have a hard time keeping up i think but when i think back to when when everything was a little more simple it seemed like there was a lot less controversy with all these uh, stoppages in play and then coaches challenges and all this bullshit is to me as a fan it's absolutely killing the sport i i, I it, it it grades up my soul when 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 there's a coach's challenge of any sort the offside challenge two years ago was just absolutely brutal that was yeah. the worst that was the worst thing that the nhl has ever put in and no one will ever talk me out of that next <laughs> shoot it. i don't like to shoot it
3: either foot in the crease though
0: but yeah, yeah foot which the crystal, leads brilliant. me to my question paul i mean you work for the NHL, I mean, but that doesn't mean you necessarily agree with everything that they've ever did in the history of the league. Is there any rules that have been put in place since from the time you started till the time you finished up Do you say, I don't know, maybe that was a little counterproductive to what we're trying to accomplish?
1: You know what? I, I, I really don't think so I, 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 because of the speed of the game now. Like if you can't skate, you're not going to be able to play in the NHL. So no. if you look now at today's game, the players are a lot smaller. Yes. You know, we don't have the Dave Browns out there no. Dave Brown. you know what I mean? The big yeah. guys, fighters and that. We don't yeah. have that. It's, it's all about speed. And that's what our, we're trying to do is to keep that speed up. So then we brought in the slashing, like when you slash a guy in the hand, like on the glove, like we used to allow that, but now it's a penalty.
2: That's right. Yeah. So you were saying the big guys um, back in the Scott Stephen days, how are, how were like, were you viewing that? Like, I know myself as a kid, I love Rockham I and mean, I loved it, but it got to a point, like as a young guy, I was like, man, he's really messing people up. Like that has intentions not to take you out of the game. I am going to take you out of your life. Like what the <laughs> hell? Like, you know, I'm going to run. I'm going to mess your shit up forever. And I, I just know. don't know. Like, how does that feel? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm you're obviously aware and you're watching for it every game, but did they wait too long to change that rule?
1: Uh, no, I think they brought it in like, uh, Like now, you know, anytime there's a headshot or checking from behind or like we're calling it, you know, did they wait too long? I don't know. I mean, I always liked watching the open ice Scott Stevens hit, you know, at the time. Today, I mean, would he get away with it? Probably not. Like when he knocked Korea out, like he'd be gone. Yeah, you that
2: one's still like
1: it, it was a headshot, and you yeah. know, five in game and gone. But back in the day, that was a good legal check. It was.
2: Yeah,
3: I think so, they it was, it was your fault.
2: It was Korea's fault for not having his head up right. That's why it yeah. was viewed not the guy that was lurking and literally trying to decapitate you.
1: But and and, and that's all the NHL's doing now is is trying to prevent head injuries from yeah. these guys getting hit like. You know, Especially at
2: the speed now.
1: cross And throwing his the, the shoulder into your chin while you're not looking, and, and bang, like you're knocked out. Mm. Like, Rick, that's automatic. You're going to get four games for that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: You know, so
3: I, I I really like what they've done that way. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm getting there.
2: Paul, the yeah.
3: question I've had on my mind for some time is one thing that I, I uh, a lot of things I don't understand in the game but can you give any explanation to the whole tripping dive sequence or the hooking dive sequence? Because in my mind, it doesn't make sense. How both guys get that penalty. You either, you either trip or you dive what's the rationale from an officiating perspective?
1: Well, when you're when you're on the ice and I got to, you know, they're not quite sure. Like, They're not quite sure whether the guy tripped them or not, but they do see the embellishment. But what I've been telling the guys, I said, guys, when you can do it, just call the embellishment. Yeah. Because we don't need this game getting like to soccer. No. When there's guys rolling around the ice and grabbing their face And when you see the replay, nothing hit them.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: So, and I think our guys are trying to get, like, I see more guys trying to do that. Just say, you know what? I'm taking you. And you know what? I'm going to put you in the box and embarrass you. You die. And I can't stand it. Like, it just really hurts our game, the way these guys go down.
2: And it stops to play all the time, too. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it just ruins the game. Yeah, I agree. So there's a lot of good players at that, though. Like, who are are the good ones at hiding the embellishments?
0: (laughs) Tough question. Oh, I better not say any names. Okay. I was wondering,
2: I I even said to Ron, should I
0: ask for names or not? Yeah, throw the the guest under the bus. I love it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's all right. I mean, yeah, you know who's full of shit and who's not. You can have a beer about it afterwards.
1: Yeah, because I'll be somebody i'll get a call
3: from a gm tomorrow you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> well, we to, hopefully we got the gms listen to this show hey ryan <laughs> yeah if we get to that level i think we're doing
0: okay yeah. can call oh, who me. to this show well, me and patty and chad mostly <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i mean actually you gotta have viewers right
0: yeah we do we, yeah, got those- got a, we got a decent demographic actually we get thanks to the internet being what it is uh we can get analytics from all of our uh, podcast listeners, because obviously podcasts are made more for listeners than viewers. We do both. But um, our, our listeners, uh, the major demographic is uh, Southern Ontario and Newfoundland. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's a uh, it's a it's a big, big. I Not much why. in New
1: York then. Not much, no. I think my saying, head off, yeah. No, and I think it's.
2: I think because we're such uh, Leafs fans, we run like Leafs groups and stuff like that. That's tip- typically where we share a lot of these shows. Places that we're familiar and people know us anyway. Right. Uh, we don't just we don't just randomly toss it up in the sites where we don't know or it could be like we're not going to toss this up in I don't even know where else where we go. No. I'm um, not that I mean. It, it, it is savage, what it but is. but we get Toronto listeners and we get Newfoundland listeners, and uh yeah, we're cool with that. That's pretty much us.
0: Some dude in South right Australia. I don't know. And somebody in South Australia that keeps watching <laughs> every episode. So, like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's been going good for us, Paul, and and, uh, and we're really happy you could have come along today. It's it's uh, it's it's been a real treat for us. Gosh, do you have anything Oh, no, it was on, good to, talking to you with?
2: guys. Like, yeah, that was uh, You're all
0: good guys. Holy yeah shit.
2: we'll get back down to Newfoundland and uh head up George Street again.
0: Yeah, all right. Yeah, when you're coming this way, Paul. When, when do, you, do you get home what very often? Get back to Guelph very often? I I got home,
1: I got home uh, on the fifteenth of July for the first time since uh, the Someone bubble down. Yeah, as I left, I left last year September first. My mother's house came home. Year went by, and I finally got up. So
2: yeah.
1: I'm going to try to get up. We got the combine next weekend, and then after that, I have a there's a big party at my sister's house.
0: I'm in Buffalo. It's only an hour and a half away.
1: I'll go there and hang out. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So the last thing I want to ask you about is so now you're I won't say retired because I mean you're still working with the league and whatnot, but in your off time now, what what are you doing in your off time? What's what what what's what's the Paul Dvorsky time killer? You got a big any big hobbies that you're taking up up in your almost retirement years?
1: (laughs) Get up at seven thirty. I'm at the gym by 8.15, uh, work what? out for an hour, come home, you know, fart around, do some chores, try to have a little nap at noon and then go out. Uh I, I like to golf and that, you know. So my son's living down in uh in uh, Orlando. He's doing his his doctoring down there. Oh, nice. uh, he yep. got a full scholarship, so I've been going down to see him quite a bit. And, oh, awesome. Uh, how's your daughter? Yeah, gonna, Ella, she's, uh, two she years, be... he's going to be a professor. So. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. He didn't get it from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and what about your daughter? How's she, how's she doing? I mean, she must be getting... Well, the last time I've seen a picture of your daughter was at your last game, and she was just a young girl then.
1: Oh, yeah. Ellie. She's 16? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, she's uh 16, uh, going on
0: 21. Good for yeah. her. Like oh,
2: a yeah. got an eight-year-old. Yeah. An <laughs> eight-year-old going on 16. Girl,
0: same thing, going on 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I got going on. Well, say hello to your family for us, and uh, let them all know that any time that they're, if they make their way to the Rock, that they're uh, they're more than welcome. Of course, it's welcome. DSC, right, we'll take thanks. care of them, show them around, just like their old man got showed around, so. All right, thanks, guys. No, we really hey. appreciate it. Taking the time, Paul. Yeah. Thanks, Paul.
3: Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. Bye-bye. That was really good. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was cool, yeah. He was yeah. good. Yeah, I didn't realize, yeah. man, that guy, like, everybody loves that guy. The more I read about yeah. him, I was like, man, everybody just loved him. He wasn't one of the controversial guys like Van Helmond no. that everybody hated.
0: And The only thing I didn't get a chance to ask him, but I wanted to was, because, I mean, everyone, Bill Billy Guerin, when he retired, talked about him being the great communicator. And uh, Yeah,
2: and uh, Billy oh, Guerin really cool. ran up to him after he won the cup. Yeah, because he took his son on the ice when he shouldn't have, but Billy Garen ran yeah. up to so him. That's yeah, it was a cool thing to see. Like he was just such a well re- well-respected, well-nice, liked guy. So and it's again,
0: it's a-, a common theme, folks. For anybody who's listening to our podcast or has in the past, we only have great guys. That's it. That's all we get here, and soon some great ladies, because uh we're a couple of nobodies. Uh, from newfoundland uh just starting out in the podcasting but uh anybody who agrees to come on here they got to be good guys to start with really wouldn't be bothering yeah. with us so all you bad guys out there who are not returning my messages you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> enough said but no paul true gentleman um he was uh, he was excited to come on and, and 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 chat with us for a bit and uh great to get his perspective on the game and i don't know how you guys felt about it but that was uh It's awesome
3: yeah. I love this story. It's the Tortorella story. Um, that was fantastic. And you know what I'm most impressed with, and I totally understand where he's coming from, because they are barking down their throats the whole game. Fans, players, coaches. And the fact that he gives it back just as good as they can give it to him is probably what's made him so successful. and yeah. Probably got, probably the reason why he's got so much respect that he he, he didn't take it. So... um. Yeah, I know. Very, very impressive. I and he, it's super impressive that he wrapped that Colorado-Detroit. I did Ledger not know game. that. That like, was in a like, moment those
2: guys apart. Can you imagine You're watching Paddy Wah? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Vernon and that big old like collision with Shanahan. It's like yeah. Yeah. So he was there. I don't know. Said, that's pretty sick.
0: F- fifteen hundred games, man. Imagine fifteen hundred. Almost, almost sixteen, 15, isn't almost, it? Almost sixteen. A Couple of games yeah. short, sixteen hundred just astounding over 200, yeah. uh, almost 200, uh, playoff games, you
2: know, I mean, well, he moved man. to Hershey. I think Van Helmond told him to move to Hershey. There did you see go. that? Yeah. Oh, it's it strategic for like being a home base so he could get all of the surrounding areas and get all the games. So if right. you're closer to the cities, you get called for the game. So he had, oh yeah. Yeah. So we had Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington, New York, everything at his fingertips. So that was a Van Helmond tip.
0: Wow, it's really funny though, because I, I remember I remember watching Dvorsky in uh, you know, a lot of the Leafs games growing up. I mean, he yeah, was of a, course he I was mean, a in Toronto more often than that as well. So mm. again, being in the same division too as you know the Boston's and everything else on the road, you, we used to get Dvorsky a lot as well. And uh, and again, he's just one of those guys that sticks it to me as one that didn't screw us, you know. Yeah, he was just a, yeah. a good dude. Uh, obviously, well respected by the players, and it's easy to see why, you know. Mm. So. All right, guys, so if you enjoyed uh, if you enjoyed the show uh, if you first of all if you didn't enjoy the show you can go to hell. Um, but if you did enjoy the show, you know give it a like, give it a share. Um, we'd really appreciate that any any kind of little bit of a, a bump you can give us on social media gets it out there and uh, we can do more great great guest content like we just did. Um, you can find us at www.deeksnipeselly.ca um that's our online uh, major online presence i guess when it comes to where we put everything we've got uh, memes there we've got articles that's the hq that. yeah that's hq for us we're also on twitter at silly deke we're terrible at that follow us give it show us a pity follow or something um we don't do a ton on twitter but we're breaking into it now and uh and uh, we've got some good content going out on twitter as well um, all of our videos of course you can find it on youtube you search deke and uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Snipesilly, You'll get get everything there as well. So um, we do have an Instagram account up. You can search us up there, Snipesilly on Instagram. Uh, All of our memes are there. And uh, of course, if you're a listener of the podcast, which most people are who follow us, uh, you can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, you name it, we're there, wherever you listen to your podcast, you're going to get Deek uh, deke snipe silly. So again, thanks so much. If you haven't done all, done, so already on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's right mm, there. No, there. I can never figure which way to point there. Yeah. In the middle between me and Chad. <laughs> all right. Guys. All fidgets.
3: All fidgets.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm all done. So peace out. Cheers.